Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is Faves, an upbeat talk show where the guests choose the topic. More often than not, it ends up being their favorite movie, which obviously I'm more than fine with because movies are amazing. South Fellini is comprised of Tony Trove and Johnny Zito. Many moons ago, they made comic books for DC under the Zuda imprint, but more recently, they're filmmakers, and now they have their own storefront in Philadelphia selling their popular t-shirts, enamel pins, hats, you name it. While filming Glass in Philadelphia, James McAvoy was spotted wearing their John t-shirt. In this episode, we discuss the movie Swingers, which follows John Favreau as a struggling comedian trying to make it in L.A., while still dealing with the fallout of coming out of a long-term relationship. We also talk about making your own movies and finding the time to be creative. Enjoy. Why swingers, Tony, in your own words? I think the 90s is obviously the the golden age of indie film, and Mm. everyone talks about Tarantino, so let's talk about swingers who's this favreau guy who is john who's favreau? this sellout he that is, i've never heard of he's the he's the star we never thought he was going to be yeah he looks totally different in this movie he looks like a different human being he's uh, i mean i guess we saw an actor then you know he was still trying to make it as an actor yeah as like a, or a bodybuilder big time director I mean, he was in the uh the rocky marciano movie he definitely thought he was like really a buff guy yeah, he plays he rocky marciano too, yeah. get out of here yeah, yeah. So, John, when you look back on kind of indie films that maybe inspired you, Swingers is at the top. Yeah, I think uh, when Trove and I were in college, we most admired filmmakers who were working on cheap to non-existent budgets. And uh, people like John Favreau uh, in the mid-90s were able to spin gold from small cameras. And like that little like that change in the technical they had very dynamic. obtainable goals. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very obtainable goals. We're going to make a movie. What's your movie about? Uh, guys bumming around L.A. trying to get laid. Okay. All right. right. <laughs> I think we can accomplish that. And then like the depth is there, you know, they, they, they worked really hard. They, they wrote a great script, but the thing they set out to accomplish, you know, is, uh, is, is all there. It's all up on well, the screen. Yeah. I, you know, 35, talk to a lot of kids, Top you know, like, who want to, they want to make movies and they're like, like, what's your favorite movies? And like, we sell these, you know, like swingers and clerks and they're like, oh, I like like these huge movies. I'm like, you're never going to make a yeah. movie like that. Like make a movie like. You know, make a trauma movie. You're like, I don't want to do that. And it's like, if you can't make the simplest movie. Why can't you make, or the, the easiest movie? Why mm-hmm. do you think you're going to make the biggest movie? You know? Yeah. Even, um, was it Guardians of the Galaxy? He came from trauma, you know, uh, mm-hmm. James Gunn. You know, if you, if you think you can, why, of course you want to make the biggest, coolest movies, but if you could you need to make the smallest ones first, and they're, they're really challenging to stretch your buck yeah. far, you know? So, um, John Favreau definitely has been able to do it, you know? And what I didn't realize too, um, I didn't realize Doug Lyman, who was the director of Swingers, I actually thought Favreau did everything. And this was like his first foray into getting gigs as a director. I didn't know that. That's and, and it like comparatively cost $200,000 at the time to make, which is like nothing. Mm-hmm. And I read an interview with Lyman and he said, the sound guy you know, a nice guy friend of his, he's like, you know, this is a really cute movie, but no one's going to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Lyman was like agreeing with, he's like, yeah, you're right. But it, it you know, it made, I think maybe $5 million wow, when it came really? out. And it's obviously had a, an impact on people creatively fueled. Um, 
And this was the first time I'd seen it, honestly. Really? I'd wow. never watched oh, okay. it before. You never watched it before? Oh, we, we were, were like, oh, standards, you know? Like no, Reservoir Dogs. Last night was when I watched it. This was the first time I'd seen it. I am surprised. Oh, no way. So, like, <laughs> which is crazy. You've heard of the lot, like, money, baby. Like. Exactly right. So, I was as I was watching it, Vince Vaughn's character, Trent, you know, it was like, your money, baby, your money, baby. I'm like, oh, my God, this is where it all comes from. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, like, I'm a dope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why they see that. You've seen the parodies, and yeah. now you've seen where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I, that's interesting. Was it, did, did you like it? Did you like that? I loved it. Yeah, so like, I loved it. Some questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Around around here. We What'd loved it. What'd you think swingers? of it? So, um, uh, Favreau's character, you know, the down on his luck comedian starting out in LA, getting no gigs, just dumped. Um, and he, him and Trent go to Las Vegas. So like right at the onset of the movie, when they go to Las Vegas on a whim, I don't know how long it takes to get to Las Vegas for like four or five, five hours. hours yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, what a terrible night plan. I would never do that. No, I would just would, look, I would yeah. go to bed. I'm like, yeah, see, enjoy Las Vegas. It's eight o'clock and going to bed. But they get there and he has $300 and they're going to play like high stakes gambling. The scene where they get to the table, they're dressed in their suits and Favreau hands him the money. He like counts it. I was agonizingly <laughs> annoyed at Favreau. I was like, oh my God, I hate you. I, you are the worst human being in history. <laughs> because that scene goes on for so long. It's so well edited, yeah. or lack of editing, really. Um, but you get to a feel for the Favreau character in a way that is so hard to convey y- yeah. in film. And it's like it's like the like you count the money with him. And, it's yeah. like- <laughs> and everyone is like looking at him like, get this guy out of here. You're a loser. And even before that, I was really taken by the scene where they're in the drive and they're like yeah las vegas yeah we're going baby las vegas baby and he's all amped up and favreau's into it too and they do these like quick cut scenes of like mile markers and they're, <laughs> they're like tired it's like hour one uh and trent's like yeah baby we're going baby hour two yeah baby we're going to las vegas baby and like you know you just see the kind of like wariness yeah the excitement dims and like maybe this isn't going to be a good idea Uh. this is going to be a bad night but uh as you probably know as directors that's hard that's super hard to do in film and convey such a deep emotion between two friends in like two seconds i think they do a really good job in that movie being like they lock into their characters i don't know how much of it is improv and how much of it is scripted but they like lock into who those two guys are and um is John Favreau's character's name Mikey? Mikey. Mikey. The the whole subplot with his ex girlfriend and him moving on and her moving on but not moving on and and the back and forth is just like it's it's uh it informs every decision he makes in the movie. He can't just like step off the ledge into any and of Vince his Vaughn's decisions. like just having a good time. Like they go to Vegas, they lose. Like oh, let's hook up with the waitress. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> consolation prize. Yeah, and that's their plan. Uh, but there's another scene too as well that speaks to the kind of indie long take that would be like harder to do in mainstream film when they lose the money and Trent uh, Vince Vaughn is talking to Favreau like amping it up and it's just like a two minute long take of him amping it up like we're gonna have a great time baby like you just lost all your money but it doesn't matter we're gonna meet some girls we're gonna meet this waitress so this waitress comes up to him stupid scotch on my track you got knocked out pretty fast Oh, a couple of high rollers like yourself. Can you believe it? I'll go get you that, Scott. You know, forget about it. I didn't even want it. I just wanted to order it. Well, can I get you something else? I mean, you really shouldn't leave here without getting something for free. Why ruin a perfect night? Listen, um, bring a single malted uh, Glengarry for me and one for my boy Mikey here. And if you tell the bartender to go easy on the water, then this 50-cent piece has your name written all over it. Okay? I want you to run along because I'll be timing you. I'm going to keep time. One... Two, three, 
for? What an asshole. Maybe that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. That was so demeaning. She smiled, baby. I can't believe what an asshole. Vince Vaughn's kind of like a jerk. No, and and <laughs> but it he, and Favreau's like, man, you're an asshole. Why'd you have to tell her? She's not coming back. She's not bringing us those drinks. She comes back, and not only that, but they score a date with her yeah. and her friend. And you're just like, what is happening? Because you get to see that this Vince Vaughn character, while seemingly an asshole, is like maybe some girls do find that attractive. <laughs> he has a charm. He does. He really does. And I think like something. And they go back to their trailer. Which is like so real too. <laughs> that's actually it's like so real. That's my Everything about scene. where the people who work in who work in Vegas, where do they live? You know, like oh, I guess they do have a home. A weird old trailer. Yeah, I yeah. love that scene. He calls his girl ex girlfriend, or he checks his messages for oh, to yeah. see if his ex girlfriend called him. That's painful. <laughs> uh, it's so. It's another thing. It's just so hard to watch him, and it's just like I don't know. Awkward comedy. Yeah. I love it. Give me it, more. And I mean, if you just make the scene last 30 seconds longer, it's it's magic. Yeah. And that happens so often. <laughs> yeah. With with Favreau's neurotic character. It's also, it's a good um, ensemble cast, too. All of those guys are comedians, and I didn't look up anyone's name before I got here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about something else. Dude, he messaged me. He was like, so we're, talking about, we're talking about the Flyers, right? <laughs> I was like, Wait. I just watched 10 hours I of just, gameplay last night I to just... prepare for this interview. <laughs> The Can't 74, they 75 lost. Stanley Cup. I had all the stats. <laughs> but I didn't look up anybody's name. Ron Livingston. Of, Ron Livingston's <laughs> in it, yes. Yes, Ron Livingston. <laughs> but all those guys uh, are in other things, and they're hilarious, and you see them, uh, and this is like uh, them starting out their careers. And then, you know, they all end up on, like, Friends. They're all, like, they all have guest appearances for, like, five or six well, episodes. Favreau was a cage fighter or something like that. was in, um, on Seinfeld, he's the... The episode where George is a fire at the kids' party and George pushes everyone out of the way. <laughs> yeah. The the clown is Favreau. Always really? Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's gosh. like he's like six so- degrees of Seinfeld. I actually just watched Pretty Woman for the first time. Oh, it- <laughs> last week. And uh, and George is in that. Yeah. Oh no way. Yeah, he oh, plays the he it? plays the lawyer of Richard Gere at that business. And oh he, he yeah, turns yeah, into yeah. Being, He turns into a super creep in that movie. <clears throat> I have not seen uh, that in years. Oh god, in years. amazing yeah, film. A TNT classic. <laughs> Where <laughs> was it? The Superstation. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, of movies I associate with different networks, and like Swingers is is an IFC. Uh, oh repeat. yeah, is like it was on all the time. Um, it was definitely like a midday afternoon play for IFC. Uh, at Devil's Advocate, that's a TBS. Oh boy, Jason and the Argonauts is like a Philly Fifty Seven. Philly Fifty Seven. That's <laughs> what a D- about PHL Seventeen. PHL, PHL Seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Probably just a hockey game. <laughs> no, those were on Which prison. Brings us back to. <laughs> so he's trying to weasel it back to Flyers somehow. Anyway, Speaking the of the thirty-five season, huh? <laughs> how about this Bernie Perrant character? <laughs> when they get those dates, another great long scene where they go back to that trailer. I love that trailer. I want to buy that trailer. It's so like retro century. Yeah. yeah, but there's this when Vince Vaughn tells that story. He tells them the story about the casting call that he gets, and it's like five minutes long, and the, and the girls, especially the girl that he's trying to hook up with, hanging on his every word, <laughs> like this is the greatest story I've ever heard in history. And it could be probably because they're in Las Vegas, they probably just deal with deadbeats all day long. Yeah. And Vince Vaughn comes in here like a knight in shining armor and tells this amazingly hilarious story. I was really taken too by um, getting the actress to have that just small ticks, like looking at Vince Vaughn the whole time, you know, hanging on it like I'm yours, no matter where the story goes. <laughs> well, this is happening. Let's think about where these ladies are in their life. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. are no, but I mean they, at they the same are... time though, like they made they make a great indie film with a bunch of like like we had to our accessible to what we had for our movies like mm-hmm. really like crew. But yeah. like you're in LA, like you just have like great 
act side actors, you know, yeah, people who just yeah. be like regular people who can actually just like deliver lines and make that scene like make that scene really even shine, you know. Yeah. Like I mean we're talking about where's the like the the character of the of the the waitress, but like that actress was great just because she's was a real actress. Yeah, she makes know? it yeah, a good actress makes I it. I can't immediate. imagine making like an indie a small movie like that in LA. It's like a, you have different resources and you would have like make it in Philadelphia where mm-hmm. we have access to um <laughs> friends friends and yeah for sure uh, free food you know (laughs) a lot of carbs (laughs) a lot of carb up movie making yeah well i think they really lucked out i mean everyone in this movie this could have been a dud like you could have gotten like the wrong actor to play those roles yeah and then the music's great too that's fantastic that's the other like little side thing there's like totally zeitgeist of the 90s of Mm -hmm. being like zoot suit riot stuff yeah and i i kind of just like forgot about the rise in swinging at that time, which it, it, it's like a super small, I want to say small part of the movie that they're both like, you know, wearing swinging like era clothing. It's like they're, they're hopping onto that craze, but the full part of that comes in towards the end where they go to the actual, the club for the first time. It doesn't really play into the movie that much until the end. Right. I miss that whole era. What, oh, what's too. like the, what's the current, let's go back. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the current, like analogous to swinging coming back? Like now, what is, is there anything happening now that would be re- like relative to that? What, is there something, or you're saying what, what would it be? No, the, the, is there the, anything now? The 90s where, were like very matter of fact, like, this is now Lynn and now this, now swing music is in, now yeah. it's out. Like, well, the technology everything's allows you in, to have I don't a know. bunch of things at your fingertips for the first time. That's true. Like there's a, there's a video store there's in every neighborhood. Commercial. There's BMG, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, used to be that Gap commercial with the, with the swing music in it. Like, I think all that comes on the heels of this. Of, so, like, of of like swingers the movie, and this culture that was like originating in L.A. or or being like nostalgized in is that a word? Yeah, sure. In and and L.A. at the time, and that's what you see in swingers. And then like then it catches on and it becomes like oh bowling shirts in in Walmart mm. and and uh, Gap commercials where people are swing dancing. That had to be the the the, the base level of it. You know, I even um. Not to bring it back to hockey, but <laughs> they play. They're playing NHL. In, oh yeah, in in the movie, and yes, I yeah. and I always like say like, why is hockey the the geek sport? And it's like as it swingers and uh, clerks, even the Mighty Ducks, like they just kind of like a bunch of movies that kind of acknowledged hockey in this different light in the nineties, you know. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I really like that scene too, and I. Uh, Let's go. I just try to frame it back to hockey. It was beautiful moment. <laughs> any some... reason? Any reason to talk about hockey? Uh, <laughs> any reason? Don't well, need one. I I had that. I had that game. I had. Oh that, yeah. I had sec. I've had EA NHL like since that year. Right. I bought it every year. I play it every year, and it was great. You know, I mean, you don't ever see really people playing hockey in video games outside of your friends. No. There's not. You know, that's yeah, not happening not like, at like, like down the street. No. No, it's like Madden. Like my neighbors play Madden like crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. F Madden. Get it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> But I loved the scene of him um, taking out Gretzky. Like they were talking about, like, I'm going to, he calls Gretzky a bitch like several times <laughs> and he's going to knock him out and he's going to make his head bleed. Like the one year where right. he could knock somebody out in the, in the game and, and they start twitching yes. erratically. Like yeah. that was pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> it, was the, it was the age of Mortal Kombat, you know? It, it was like, was. How, do we, how do we compete? Give, Sp- give these kids some 16 bit blood. Special moves. Special moves. The scene that also killed me that was so long and drawn out on I can't purpose. I you just saw it for the I, first time. <laughs> I, I, I know. I was saying earlier how I remember this cover 
at the video store I worked at when I was younger. Yeah, like, no, you're like, not that It's one. burned into my brain. I thought the cover was trash. Vince Vaughn? Yeah, it's kind of like the weird angle holding the martini. I'm like, I don't want to watch that. That cover's terrible. Yeah. It is a terrible cover. It is. It looks like He's it not looks even like really a the star of the movie. Yeah. You know? The other scene. Like, he's the likable one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Forget what you've heard about lines. this neurotic loser <laughs> that everyone hates. You're going to want to see this movie. Um, where he finally gets a number from someone when they're out at the bar, the Dresden or something like that. And they tell him, like, don't call back for two days. And he's like, oh, well, how long are you guys waiting for your numbers that you got? Oh, nine days. So he goes home alone. <laughs> he has the number. And I just felt this a sense of dread <laughs> as soon I'm as he cringing. walked in because he looks at the number in his pocket and he puts it away. I'm like, no, come on. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. So he gets up and he calls her. And it goes to voicemail. So he leaves a, a, a bad voicemail where he leaves off the digit of his phone number. So he has to call back. <laughs> and he calls back. But unfortunately, his explanation is also long. So he misses his chance for the number again. This happens like seven <laughs> times where he leaves her seven voicemails. It's it's gut-wrenching <laughs> watching this happen. And this like like the 10th time he calls her, she picks up. Mike? Nikki, great. D- did you just uh, walk in or were you, were you listening all along? Don't ever call me again. Wow. I, I guess you're home. And she's like, never call me again. <laughs> like the one time he gets a number, he succeeds. And his friends even told him, like, you're going to screw this up. But uh, it's so difficult. I, I can't think Who of him. Who is that? Is that Heather Graham? No, she comes later. She's oh, that's the... later. Okay, okay. That's, that's I, I can't think of a yeah. recent movie where, and I think that's why it is an indie film. You can't follow a major motion picture where the guy is just likable and unlikable at the same time. Because it's such such a gamble in in like the movie industry now. Like you can't make that movie now unless you do it yourself. Right. Right. I guess so. All of those movies. He happens to walk a line too. Like like John Favreau. Like, yeah, I like. There's something about him I like, you know. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. You have to have like that perfect, like this guy is annoying me or or do I like him kind of thing. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna tie it to another John Favreau movie, but um, over a over the course of years, uh, John Favreau uh, birthed the Marvel movies, which uh, with Iron Man, mm-hmm. and those movies are so expensive, and as most movies are now, and full of so many special effects, and they have to appeal to so many people that you can't gamble with um, an antihero or somebody unlikable uh, to headline that. <clears throat> which is why television has become so much more interesting in the last few years yeah. because you can have characters like you found in Swingers and you can explore them for 12 episodes. You right. know, you can see like the ins and outs, kill one of them off, bring in a new cast member, see how that works. And um, it's just much more interesting. Um, and uh, if you're, if you're spending, uh, you know, X millions of dollars uh, to make a, a Black Panther movie or a Captain America movie uh, or, God forbid, get them all together for an Avengers movie. Mm. They all have to be likable and interesting. I mean, this thing's two and a half hours long and I, yeah. you know, I want to care. I mean, uh, uh, have you guys watched Hill House? The, yeah, I just watched it. It's another, that's a great example of what yeah. you just said of just a long form exposition and digging in on characters that maybe aren't great. Yeah. Um, and you see why. They're not good people and you get to explore what's wrong with them. And like Favreau does it in his first time at Bat here in Swingers. He did write it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure a bunch of it was improv or whatever. But these are like super duper flawed, what would be referred to now as fuck boys 
We're just out there. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> we're just out there trying to get laid, and, and like there's nothing really redeemable about them except that Mikey kind of has a crush on his ex-girlfriend. But even like in a 2018 lens, that's kind of stalkery, you know what I mean? <laughs> he like he meets somebody else who is, is ex- eager and like, excited. Leave her alone. <laughs> yeah, Mikey. Yeah. She said no. She said no. She has feelings. <laughs> She's a person. She's not an object. Yeah. I mean, both, yeah, both of them through that lens now. I, back to that interview I was talking about, Lyman even said, like, this kind of takes place in a different world yeah. where yeah. the way they act succeeds yeah. and gets right. them numbers. In, mm-hmm. like, today's world, like, oh, I think we, either uh, a woman weird, or us would know? probably <laughs> knock both of these guys out of various points just because they're so just, like, different than yeah. what we're used to now what's acceptable. They're, like, they're 90s scenesters, and the scene at that time was was swing music or, or and bowling shirts or whatever. It's that, like, encapsulation of L.A. culture. And, like, I'm sure if you, like, zip, like, a year later, it'd be, like, what, what else was resurgencing? Oh, the 60s. There was two Woodstocks in the 90s. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like they... They recycled, the doors are back. The doors are back. <laughs> now they're out. <laughs> they recycled culture so fast in the 90s, and that's just like what this is. Like, it has a style because they were like, this is going to be those two weeks in L.A. when bowling shirts took over. And, like, that was a thing, you know? And that's where they set their movie, and that's where they get, like, that kind of, like, style from. They get to mine that the whole time. Well, look, I think that they're lucky that that was a cool, that L.A. happened to have a pretty cool look and aesthetic in that moment in time. Yeah. Like. Like you're saying, what was it the next month? You know, like yeah, like, Rome, <laughs> Westworld, Westworld. <laughs> Great movie. Everyone, actually, weren't weren't cowboys in or pirates were in at some point in the night? Yeah, oh my sure. god. So like, Horrifying. I mean, like it, it it is like a choice, and the choice is to make it look like, and they're like supposed to look like cooler versions of these characters from you know dean martin and and frank sinatra movies and like that's who they are in their minds and so there's like that element to the to the movie and to their behavior and sometimes you do get by on pure charm especially when you're young like that how Mm -hmm. old are they in that movie like 24 25 yeah they're 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 getting by on their on their on their on their attitude and their charm and that will only get you so far though you know and like that's why it's fun to see mikey strike out with all of those girls yeah what was it with the big cigar and that was like it felt like a very 90s moment there was oh like, yeah like he hits on a girl at a party in a party she had like a big cigar i always like remember like in the 90s like everybody was like in the smoking cigars <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah oh, i remember elaine from seinfeld like, Julian, like, <laughs> <laughs> i remember like, a picture of her with a cigar like, ladies smoke cigars ladies smoke cigars now <laughs> well john like you were saying how um they're young and it's like they think they can do anything the end of the film uh the last scene when they're having breakfast and Mikey John Favreau says that he's gonna, you know, he ignored his ex girlfriend finally calling him. He's going to go with the new girl, and Vince Vaughn is like freaking out, and he sees a woman across the diner, like kind of making faces at him, and Vince is like, "All right, shut up, John. Like it's happening. It's on right now. She's she's making like baby faces at me. I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> right. I'm, I'm into oh, it. I'm right. he starts like doing it back, and it's like really strange. Like she's making like kissy faces, and she gets up to come to Vince Vaughn presumably and she was actually just looking at her her toddler the whole time and she walks by holding the toddler and Vince Vaughn and like it encapsulated <laughs> Vince Vaughn's you know image of himself right could have been just a, a facade like and it, it laid bare in front of John Favreau for the first time and it really like throws the whole view of the yeah. film yeah upside down at that point and like you know 
maybe you're all just full of shit. You're you right. Know? You know, yeah. in a way, it is uh, so much of the movie is from Mikey's perspective. And when Mikey finally gets his <clears throat> act together, or at least on the right path by the end of the movie, he kind of sees Vince Vaughn for who he is. And yeah. like, and he gets to see him ch- stumble a little bit right there. Yeah, you don't really see, you don't really see uh, Vince Vaughn's character like stumble or like, yeah, look nah, he was like the man. No, the he's always time. cool, cool nonstop. Hmm. Whatever and he then, does, then it's like it actually is a baby, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it wasn't just sexy baby talk. Whatever happened to Vince Vaughn? What's he up to these days? He's rich. <laughs> he plays the Very same rich, character, rich. and that's the thing. He launches a career being that jerk, yeah, from being swingers, Vince Vaughn. and then he's a bigger jerk in um, uh, Made, and then he's like, then he plays that character a million times, and it's like big. He's a bigger and bigger jerk than mm-hmm. old school. Old, old school. school yeah. My God, what a movie that yeah. catapulted the careers of several people as yeah. well. Yeah, and and birthday those kinds of comedies, kinds again. of movies. Yeah. yeah, he did like three more of those ilk. Yeah, movies. yeah. didn't they do one where like they were in Google? Or like they were interns. That at was Google. a couple of years ago. There was <laughs> one called like the interns. Adult interns. Yeah. God. yeah, God bless him. Is him one of the Wilson brothers? Yeah, He's like, let's know. watch them be jerks. <laughs> let's watch them be jerks to nerds. Jerks as interns, and they just like blank fill in the blank after jerks doing blank. I love all those kinds of like Will Ferrell like ensemble comedy movies. I love them all, but they never know how to end. Yeah, they all just the kind of like just drift off. collapses. <laughs> And the plot collapses like a black hole. Um, they're all funny. I remember yeah. them all. But it's like the end of uh, Step Brothers is the uh, wine cotillion. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, comes, it comes out of nowhere. It makes no, it has no bearing on the rest of the plot, and it just like all points converge at this party. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I love it. Don't get me yeah, wrong. they're doing a new movie. Him and John C. Riley are like Sherlock and Holmes. My wife or Sherlock is so and Watson. Oh, this. That, she saved, the, she saved the, the poster on her phone. <laughs> She's like pulls it up every once in a while. She's like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Yes, I know it's coming out Christmas." She's yeah. like, "Christmas is canceled. <laughs> we're doing Christmas this. Canceled. She's like, All right, we're going to Riverview." <laughs> so, besides Favreau and Swingers, what were some of the other movies you mentioned? Kevin Smith is a potential topic too. Where there were other directors cheap like movies, that. Yeah, yeah the cheap I love aesthetic. Bubba Hotep and Clerks, and oh, I love um, Bubba Hotep. and Evil Dead. You know, like. The the movies that are like, hey, there's a bunch of bunch of people like, hey, let's all make a movie, you know, mm-hmm. like that is like the true spirit that we love of of filmmaking, you know, not like being Stanley Kubrick and being like yelling at people, yeah, doing a hundred <laughs> takes of like a one line, yeah, scene. like again, <laughs> but like, hey, let's all like take over this place and like try to do something groovy here, you mm-hmm. know, um, look, Kevin Smith is like a huge inspiration, even though he had a totally different later career than Favreau yeah, for sure. but those guys kind of doing that hands on let's just try to make something cool I think I remember I, I, I'm I pretty sure it was Clerks it could have been Mallrats but I'm pretty sure it was Clerks I remember catching it or being recommended to me at the video store and I took it home and I watched it and I immediately watched it a second time and I don't think I'd ever done that before with a movie and I think it was the first time it occurred to me how simply you could make a movie like as a kid like I might have been like 13 or, or maybe 14 at the oldest when I when I saw Clerks and so before that every movie I'd ever seen was something with a puppet or a cartoon or, yeah. or, or, a, or a lightsaber I think being a teenager with I IFC being <clears throat> a, a one of the channels like yeah. there's MTV, there's VH1 or Comedy Central, and there's IFC. Yeah, and that was like you can make a movie, you can make a movie. Yeah, <laughs> it seemed very realistic. Yeah, and 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 Clerks again was another movie that was uh, on repeat on IFC or the Independent Film Channel, uh, whichever one. And 
Uh, I think Clerks is so Clerks is so cool. It makes like live. It makes the Jersey suburbs seem like really cool. Like, a rare thing to do. Like I mean, that's the thing. Like I mean, it's like it's like a butt of a joke, you know. And then it's like, no, these guys are cool. They like they they <laughs> they play hockey. Mm, there you go again. They on the roof. Like like their their life is cool. Their girlfriends are cool. They're like I think the the other thing that like again as a thirteen year old was the vulgarity. There's like there's oh, all these, really there's all these uh, sex jokes and all these curse words. And then they I'm talking about like sci fi things, like sexual then, things, sci fi. Right, and you know <laughs> that's like true. oh my god, we're the same. All their references are juvenile references. They're all the references. For kids, yeah. yeah, they're they're the things you already <laughs> know when you're like going into that movie. They're right. things about Star Wars. They're things about Batman. Mallrats yeah. was the I think Mallrats was my clerks because that had like specific comic book like mm-hmm. motion picture people on screen having conversations that like you have with your friends. And at that time there was no other way for you to discover similar minded people. Yeah. So seeing that movie, you're like, Whoa, like, yeah. Whoa, this is crazy. Like uh, I, you're like me, this is like my thing. I hundred percent agree. And I feel like it's like so ridiculous. Like my father will be like mean streets. That was the first movie that <laughs> I can tell you what different people we are. You know? like, he felt like that was like him and his friend. And I'm like, Oh, clerks. <laughs> <laughs> we really get really get into like Superman's wiener. They are the, that's we they talk like we talk. But and and to make it about filmmaking, you know, <coughs> Scors- so Scorsese makes Mean Streets in the same way that uh, Kevin Smith makes Clerks. He does it all when he can. He does it all in the apartment building that he lives in or that his mom lives yeah, in. Yeah, mm. he uses the corner stores that his friends own or his friends' fathers own. He he rents cars or borrows cars from neighbors. You know, in yeah, the same way friends Kevin and family Smith kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, and there's an energy to that movie, and your father remembers it to this day, and it like defines a part of his like, like youth. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the thing that like they talk like the way we talk is like totally yeah. different. But but Clerks and and Mallrats were definitely those kind of movies where it's like. Did you experience what you thought you would experience when you filmed and made Alpha Girls? Was no. It, <laughs> what was was it totally different? I mean, Kevin Smith talks about making Clerks. So they I think they shot it um, like 20 days straight. Like they took no days off. It was all overnights. So like that sounds like a horrible experience. So mm-hmm. it was. I mean, I was. You know, it's it's hard. It's really yeah. making indie movies is really hard. It is like that many hours a day. It's you're on your feet that many hours. Um, I, I think we had more fun. I the second movie we made was definitely more fun than the first movie. Is yeah. it because you had the prior experience and you definitely. knew what not to do, what to do more, or was it did you yeah, just luck out? It was hard, different, hard. Like it was like, oh, let's let's shoot it all on one location so we don't have to lug the gear every day. But it'll make. But now we have all that extra energy. What could we do? else that will be really really hard mm-hmm. so doing that it was still tough but it was uh easier in different ways but, well, um, the you filmed american exorcist in 2015 yeah and i know you did kickstarters for both to help kind of finish the process with editing and all that stuff for all the post-production yeah stuff, the post-production yeah. But we stuff. did the kickstarters while we were shooting right yeah, how hard is it to kind of leave that to chance so to speak like film and then you know, do crowdfunding to we kind of really, like help like, finish. I, I said it so many times, like we, you know, roll the dice, roll the dice. And it's like, it, we run like a, a different kind of store now. And I feel like we took huge gambles. Yeah. Um, every day. And even like, even like the, the camera could break. <laughs> the, you <laughs> yeah, know, like you're the, done for a few the months. The building could blow up. I don't know. Like we could break our ankles. And, uh-huh. you know, all these are very real concerns. They're all, um, <laughs> they're like, they're definitely not a good business decision to make a movie. There's like huge fails that can happen every day. Our first day of shooting, Fallon broke her tooth. Yeah. 
Right. Right. Before she got there, the, the lead actress like, broke her tooth. She broke her tooth. I'm like, uh, okay. You, you well, prepare well, for everything, but how could you possibly prepare for right? A, a, what did you have to do? Apple. Uh, we picked, we booked her a dentist appointment at lunch, and we and shot a scene where she didn't have to open her, her mouth. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All angles from like her, the, her back of her shoulder. We're all, she had we're no lines. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of her dialogue changed to nodding. We're yeah. saying no. <laughs> there isn't a lot of dialogue in the movie, but. <laughs> It yes. seems romantic, the idea of making a movie, but it is like truly one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, we're like, should we do another one? And it's like, like, are we mothers who forget how hard childbirth is? You know, like, <laughs> I want another one. I want another little Bino, you know? But like, oh man, they are, it is hard. Right. It took a couple of years to make it, you know? Like the, the, the amount of money put into it and you don't see any money back for a long time, if ever. Um, it's just, it's so much work. It's almost anybody. So, yeah, anybody who makes a movie is doing it because they love movies and they they have a deep burning desire to do this, and maybe like a little bit of like masochism. Yeah. Mm. Um. And a lot, I've worked in a lot of other people's indie movies, and a lot of people's indie movies are about themselves in some weird way. Like, oh, like Favreau, the, maybe. Yeah, even him. Like, that, like a lot of indie films are just like that. Like, oh, this is the first time I kiss someone, or this is like, and it's like I've just seen it over and over again. Or fantasies about what they thought their teenager's life could have been or just different things like that and we don't make those kind of movies we're like this is about the devil <laughs> ghosts <laughs> it's about right. ghosts Satan. about the devil we're gonna shoot some blood mm, cannons and werewolves on Mars yeah <laughs> well how hard is it to work on someone else's dream project where you're um, kind of assisting does it become just like a gig it's a, gig, a job you know, at that point you're I've, able to just kind of do it and whatever i freelance for like 10 years um and sometimes it's like corporate stuff sometimes it's like um i work for espn but sometimes you're just on someone's like i wrote a script and they raise us money and will you be the art person or props or whatever you know and like okay sure and sometimes they're great experiences sometimes they're like totally like bonkers or you learn mm-hmm. like wait a second what's the what's really going on here why is this person really making this movie you yeah know? and um some of them come out some of them don't um i don't think i've ever worked on a hit movie i've probably worked on like a dozen films why don't know? they come out like what's the reason it's they they can lose funding <clears throat> the the person who's like the driving force could mm-hmm. like kind of lose steam like post-production's hard and, yeah, and there's and two then, of us like to kind of keep pushing it and, yeah um if, i could see if you're like, by yourself you could kind of like lose steam or like uh production's the most fun part you like you write the script yeah this great idea you're gonna have this fun time you're gonna get everybody together to make this movie you get everybody together you actually make the movie everyone goes home and then you have the footage and so then you watch your friends who you miss terribly every day as you assemble the (laughs) film and you remember all the good times you had as you are locked in the editing room the dark editing room by yourself Hmm. and it does help to have a partner to help push all of that stuff along and then there's all the uh technical problems that you encounter in post-production that'll make you want to give up uh every every time one comes maybe like hitting a wall be like oh my god we didn't film this thing and it's like wait if we play this backwards and yeah. hold this upside down, like even have another person kind of like let's us kind of come up with creative solutions for mm-hmm. things um some people just like like i i worked on this for so long i can't figure this out and they're like i have to reshoot a scene you're like they they will hit different walls and um and they're all independently funded there's no if you're funding your own movie, there's no boss. Like we're the boss. We right. fund the movie. You, you know? create your own deadlines. Yeah, your own deadline. If you didn't hit it, like oh well. A lot of people do that too. Um, I don't know. Also, a lot of times, like movies are funded by really rich people who are rich because they're successful through other ways, and then Drugs. they're like, 
drugs or selling whatever, you know. Fur coats. <laughs> Yellow sweaters. <laughs> no, but they'll, like, they'll be successful for other reasons and they're going to make a movie and it's like super hard. Uh, people, they, they, you finish it people like hate it. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, you can, wait, what's the, um, the regular show? Like, can you make a song? Can you make a hit song? You guys can make a song. Yeah, can you make a hit song? Like, oh, no. 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 <laughs> you know, can you make a movie? Yep. But like, can you make a hit movie that that makes money and people like it? And, you know, like, so it's hard. It's hard, you know, uh, even like comics, like you guys mm. wrote books. Cool. But like, yeah, they're not like being like the next level of having like a hit huge book, even if it is successful in your light and your eyes. And um, even like Montana, like somewhat successful, you might not be like, look what the industry calls success you know right. someone else's you know vision of success i mean regular people don't know that many comic book writers mm-hmm. or you know indie stuff you know like yeah the unless regular... it was like developed into a tv show yeah 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 so it's definitely and then people's names get left off you sure. know right yeah. mm-hmm. i just saw on the dc streaming app all the tv shows on like the titans or whatever they're just saying based on characters from dc so like some of the actual writers are on twitter and they're like freaking out like hello <laughs> i created this character you could at least put my name up there and i'm sure they're heavily borrowing from those storylines yeah. too mm-hmm. and it's like they don't get any residuals or anything and if they do it's a pittance so the least you could do is throw them the <laughs> yeah. name that's yeah. the thing like you're never really really doing it you know like, yeah we, we work at dc like it's like oh we're failures <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys you guys worked in an era that is like I've been working at the same job at Comixology for years and the Zuda stuff that you guys did was like, looking back, you guys were like a decade or 15 years ahead of its time. It definitely well, thank was. You. <laughs> I mean, so just doing like a web version and like people, you know, could decide what was the best part that could continued. Like looking back, it's like so crazy. Like, I wonder how many people actually remember Zuda. I have very no few. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's no, just, it's crazy to look back on that. I, I don't, I don't follow too much of, uh, the com, like I follow comics still, but I don't visit the websites like I used to, to keep up on the news. So I don't know if it ever comes up or, but it, it was like a blip because immediately the apps became a thing. And then all of the, uh, why would you go to the <laughs> internet? Why would you go to a web page? Well, it was also like a, it, it got launched in an era before the smartphone. I remember like this, one of the students, it was like, look at this as an iPhone and people will look at <laughs> like yeah. media. So we're like, yeah this is like 2007 i know right i remember i read an x-men comic on my phone and i was in a comic shop and i i showed it to like the comic shop owner I'm like look at this, this is crazy he right you face, yeah, he's huh? like get the f out <laughs> <laughs> that shop's closed now but that's gonna be here or there <laughs> i burned it down to the ground <laughs> In, a, in previous episodes of this podcast, I've interviewed people that also do work like on the side. Like a, mo- a recent episode, I talked to a friend of mine, Mikey P, who writes and draws his own comic on his lunch break at like work. He like goes in his car with his tablet and he like draws and stuff. So having been through it, how easy or hard it is to get back into being creative and want to be creating things. Because with me, like I took a break from podcasting and I started to get the itch again. I was like, I, I want to be able to like create and have conversations with people. Does the shop now that you guys have help kind of sustain creativity in that way what does it feel like for you guys john um we we i guess to get you, honest get, i'm gonna get real with you guys. get real it feels great 
Yeah. Um, we opened the shop two years ago. Uh, uh, American Exorcist was finishing up, but the uh, distributor told us we had to hold on to it uh, until the next Halloween or whatever. And so uh, in the meantime, we started working on the uh, T-shirt shop that we currently run in South Philly. And we had always uh, had a website for our uh, screen printing projects. And uh, so this was kind of, that was like 10 years of research and development. And we took the best from the sellers from the website and we printed them for the store. And uh, then we started coming up with new stuff. And it's been two years where we put out a couple of pins, some hats, a couple T-shirts a month. And uh, we we work together on most of them. Sometimes. But I'd say, like, creatively, like, there's, like, infinite things to do in this, in this yeah. store. Like, we <laughs> have enough support from people who like our stuff to be, like, we can make, like, here's something new, everyone. And people will come and support it and buy it. Um, but it's... It feels like infinite. I was actually we were saying like we both have dogs and it's like it's something we can't <laughs> use to like <laughs> to uh gain anything on the internet or make the store better. So I'm like, you just gotta pet this dog. Yeah. <laughs> Take a break. <laughs> yeah. It's the way to chill out. Just 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 the dog, you know? Uh-huh. Just you and your dog. That's all that's all it comes down to in the end. <laughs> you know, if I have a hard day, I come to, I come home. He's excited. He's happy. He's happy he doesn't him. give a crap about what happened during the day. And it's very rewarding to go to work and your creative uh endeavors are the thing that you sell and you know, we get to you know, we get to um uh spitball things for a couple of weeks or even a couple of months and then launch something new, you know, and or and design a new product or even just a new logo. And then like Well or, truly, you know, like not having any gatekeepers. Like we're yeah. gonna like try to pitch like here's a comic book script and then maybe that can be a t-shirt too because it's a book and it's like trying to and you know they're like nope 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 like, yeah here we're like hey man i'm gonna publish one of our old comics and like yeah <laughs> like mm-hmm. throw a do, party throw get a party and they're like let's out. make some shirts and make them do this having our own like fan base enough or people who support us to, right. um is great um when we were like writing scripts and trying to like hey image hey dc guy here's one for you and like <laughs> you do all this work and someone may approve you and may not approve you. You know, I think if we had like four things that got through, there's 20 things that didn't, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, everything we put our effort into now kind of like get comes out. Yeah. So that's one really form nice. Or another. One form it or another. goes cause, cause we are working on it all the time. It goes through the, the process and it comes out in, in a t-shirt or yeah. in an art show. And we can invest in ourselves sticker. too. Yeah. Yeah, How we believe in ourselves. That's all that matters. And no. the dog. If the dog believes in you, that that's also the main thing. <laughs> you know, thing. when she looks in my eyes, I can tell. <laughs> she can see your future. <laughs> How rewarding is it to have uh, like local celebrities wear the shirts? Like I know you, you posted the photo of Drew, the wrestler, Drew yes. Gulak. And also James McAvoy, obviously, I'm sure everyone Local asks celeb, you guys. Yeah, he's, he's born and raised he's in Philadelphia. ABC News. That was awesome when he was wearing the John T-shirt, yes. I guess, when he was in town filming. That was a big deal. You just throw it to him over the they, like, um, drapery while he was filming. Put this they, on. Uh, so friends with the art department people, and we gave them, because they shot at the uh, one of the comic book stores in Philly, but they wanted to put Philly comic books in this like a set mm. dressing. So we gave some, some, some of our books and I, Oh, that's right. You told me you gave them a blanket from half double design dot com where you can get custom winter hats, infinity scarves, gloves, you name it. Amanda is waiting to hear from your call right now and you won't regret it. Half double design dot com. Use code podcast for 20% off right now. Give through them a t-shirt and I wrote a card to M. Night like, and I pretended like I knew him. <laughs> <laughs> Great to chat hey, again. M. Night, M. good luck. Love the movies. Keep it spooky, man. And- <laughs> <laughs>
He probably and requests that sign off in all the letters sent I, to him. And I, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was funny. And, and um, he wore he wore the shirt to a basketball game. And I was like, all right. And I think maybe it got around set. And I someone came in and they kind of like were like, I have a very uh, a high-end client. I was like, okay. And they're like, it's for the M Night movie. I was like, oh, so. And then he winks at you, says, "I'm gonna keep it spooky." Yeah, keep it spooky. I was like, "You read my note." <laughs> this guy knows. Um, and then, but we didn't know they were gonna wear it for like press release stuff. I I thought it was gonna be like a rap gift or something because mm-hmm. even the Rocky people bought stuff from us, but they we don't see them wearing it. F you them. Know? No, they're burn fine. them to no, the ground. Creed two, November. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Plug their movie. <laughs> Just need Stallone in here checking things out. We do have a pitch for a Rocky prequel about Mickey. Young Mickey, get out of here. Yeah, if Young anybody Mickey. listening. Yeah, see this thing. One of the many projects. I know let us shoot it. Let I know Stallone's it. people listen to this. Yeah, know for a fact. <laughs> well, what else are they doing? <laughs> let's, let's do the comic at least. Frank, <laughs> Frank, I know you're out there. Frank Stallone. Yeah, I meant Frank Stallone's Frank people, Stallone. not. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. There's a part for you too. <laughs> he's filming, not Frank. Uh, Sly, I think he's filming the new Rambo right now. No way. Yeah. <laughs> His, you follow him on IG. I, it's amazing. I don't, but I heard there was going to be like, is it a sci-fi like mashup? <laughs> They, I heard it was going to be like Rambo versus Predator or something like Get that. Get out of here. Yeah, I heard that on the internet. I didn't Get know out of here. I heard that like, like, like fake sci fi news.com. You're like you Rambo <laughs> Predator mashup. And it's like the it's worst a, Photoshop ever. It's like a Russian bot. <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> just trying to like, just trying to spread disinformation. Disinformation campaign. <laughs> yeah, on Rambo movies. Stay only watch Rambo versus Predator. Don't vote. Don't vote. <laughs> <laughs> Half second blips in the stay video. Home, stay vote. home Don't vote. on Tuesday. Don't vote. <laughs> but his Instagram is amazing. And really? he posted photos of like him lacing up his boots or cleaning a knife and he's and it's like hashtag Rambo. It's mm-hmm. like soon. I, I was I was following following him when he was doing the new Creed stuff and he 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 like even did like that picture when he like when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's like, wearing the jersey. He wore the jersey, like with his arms off. I was like, how many did they take before he was like, all right, that's a good one. <laughs> he's also filmed video around that time. He was filming videos of him working out, like yes. with that jersey too. Guy's yeah. ripped. I don't know he how is. he does it. He's know. like eighty. Well, he doesn't do anything else, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't fu- have a day job. Yeah. No, he really doesn't. Yeah, I mean, he could just work out all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would do. Honestly, let's just go. Just, just the kidding. There's, a, there's a, a fitness place like right next to the store. I've never been. <laughs> there, isn't there a fitness? It's called like Sweat Fitness next there's door. There's literally a gym <laughs> 20 feet from where we're sitting. We've never been. Maybe never you guys need to make like a dry fit or dry, uh, what do they call those fabric shirts? Just make just throw them over there. Give them some John workout shirts. Uh, we, people who, shop, who go there shop here. Oh, yeah. We sell these tank tops. They come here. We don't go to there. Yeah. I apologize for giving you an idea. I know people will probably just like give you ideas all day long. You're like, get that fat here. No, that's fine. I'll take the good ones. <laughs> yeah, but um, hit us with a good one next time. <laughs> so what's next? Do you guys have a strong desire to make another movie? Or is this like, because I know that when directors get asked, uh, what's next when they're on the press tour for the movie? Yeah. Say, and people ask them what's next. And they always say like, I don't want to talk about what's next. I just spent like three years making this movie. I want to talk about this right now. But like as indie filmmakers, do you still have that desire to go back and, and create something new? I yeah. um like we just so we just published the the book from Zuda and it's like, hey, that's for sale if anyone's got a million bucks mm-hmm. so we can shoot it. Um it's even like kind of like why we published it, to make sure we had like something to talk about yeah. in these kind of interviews. Um we gotta see how much money we make back, you know, like should we make a bigger movie, should we make a smaller movie? Because it's like you know, just like write a script and just like and then it's a movie, like we would have to like, all right, well that worked and that didn't work. We would have to reassess 
to kind of like go back and completely like start a brand new project or even if it's a sequel, you know, like how would we go about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the movie um, makes money, we'll make, we'll try and make a sequel. We'll try and fundraise based on the success of, of this one. But if it's like a total bomb, it'd be like, uh, I don't some know. Other, like, <laughs> some other Troven Zito made it then. Yeah. So, <laughs> the Johnny Zito in New York. Yeah. I hope he listens to The this. Alan Smithies of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a guy in New York. His name is Johnny. He goes by Johnny Zito. After, and he used to not. I'm sorry, I'm calling him out. <laughs> Why are you calling it? this guy? <laughs> no, because he called, he goes by Johnny Zito. And I'm pretty sure he like, like uses Zito, <laughs> this Johnny Zito's like internet cred to get him gigs. Get and I think people were like, wait a second, where's the long hair? He's guy? a stand up comedian and he seems like a very nice gentleman. I want to just use his just, house to the ground too. And I'm Facebook friends with him. And every, oh, and so every you just stalk and every, him. No, but every, on my birthday every year, he always wishes me happy birthday. Oh, so maybe he is a nice and guy. And I always screen grab and I send it to him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I don't wish Tony a happy birthday. I'm like, thanks for nothing. South Fellini are, quote, makers of cheeky apparel, comics, and movies from Philadelphia. And if you're in the Philadelphia area, go see their store, which is where we recorded this episode on Passionca Ave. And check out their website, southfellini.com. Get yourself a John t-shirt. Get yourself a gritty t-shirt. Support local businesses. We'll see everybody next week. Goodbye.